Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 21st of October 2022. This week's post on the Green Edge is called the ES3 Environment. ES3 stands for Earth Sciences, Environmental Sciences and Environmental Studies, and it refers to a whole environment of university degrees that focus on, well, the environment. Michael, have I said the word environment enough in that introduction? I think you've done quite well, really. You've probably mentioned it at least three times. But you could argue there's an element of, it's a bit like the chemistry debate of a number of years ago, and there's a great horror that chemistry was disappearing. But all you found is there were courses with chemistry content emerging elsewhere. So if people were doing forensic science or pharmacy in some shape or form, fundamentally chemistry subjects. And I think with environment, you could argue that these are subjects we might have noticed before. We might have called them geology. We might have called them geography. And we might have even called them sociology and, and economics and the like, except now we've got a little green paintbrush out and pointed across them. And I can understand that. What I quite like is some of the discussions we've had previously with people who've actually gone back to the drawing board and started and created degrees from base principles and truly looked at the future and worked backwards and therefore where the environment fitted into that. Like the work that the London Interdisciplinary School has done out in East London, like Imperial College have done with their management of finance and climate change, masters, and UCL have done with their interdisciplinary degree, which is now a huge degree programme, I think, with 800 undergraduates. I think it's their largest and most successful programme. And it shows that people actually don't want to narrow down. They want choice. And the message that comes through from our post is you can almost enter this, not from any degree, but from a large number of degrees and find a very good career path. But secondly, it allows you to then narrow it down after three years and possibly then do a master's and refocus and get some real specialism. Because it fundamentally, you do need a general broad understanding and a systems approach to a lot of this. And again, we had that conversation with the European University and John Moore's University around systems thinking. And that was really endorsing that whole approach. Now, in the post, uh, you found a recent survey by Samsung UK, which finds that young people in the United Kingdom are now seeking professions with a purpose. But, Michael, don't you think that's always been the case? Well, we always like to have a purpose. And if you haven't got a purpose at 18 or 21, it's a bit sad. But if I just take it from the schools that I have a lot of dealings with, certainly the rise of the environmental purpose has certainly been quite significant. And it's it, therefore, we've actually got a number of groups and a lot of schools have got this with eco groups actively doing things in their community and wanting to build and continue that both on a voluntary basis and on a commercial job basis. And therefore, they are really trying to understand and grapple with how to enter those careers successfully. So I'd like to think we are unleashing a whole group of 18-year-olds, 21-year-olds into the labour market, into further education, who are going to start changing the way that we behave. As we referred to in, I think, in our podcast the previous week about the need for behaviour change around the climate, I think we're preparing a group of people who are going to build that behaviour in from day one, and that would be a great step forward for us all. And DFE's sustainability strategy published earlier this year does seek to nurture that a little more, doesn't it? 
It does, and it is seeking to promote. I think we have to go back three or possibly four Secretaries of State of Education, and we've had that many this year alone, uh, who was promoting a natural sciences, geosciences, uh, GCSE, and also uh, some form of sustainability stroke environmental A-level. To my knowledge, not very many students are studying either of those, and to squeeze it into the current curriculum would be quite problematic. So hopefully over a period of time, we might see that emerge, particularly at A-level, but it's going to take quite a lot of time of cooking before that physically happens. And I think you're going to be talking a little more on this in November, aren't you? I am. Um, We were asked to help put together a careers guidance event in West London. And as I seem to be over-enthusiastic, I've been invited also to be the sort of lead speaker in that process. So it's rather good that we've been posting and talking about this. So I'm pooling as much information together as possible to uh, advise and input to whole groups of 18 and 17-year-olds about their A-level choices and degree choices in particular. But there's one thing I'd like to, to raise. There's a thing in Scotland called the Just Transition Fund. And they make are making grants out to various organisations who are helping people to make transition from possibly the brown economy, I fairly heavily omitting ones, and other parts and other sectors into the green world. And I thought it was a really quite enlightened approach. Um, one for the North Sea, for example, has been awarded five million pounds to aid the move of the talented and skilled engineering uh, technicians, craftsmen and the like from oil and gas into offshore and one of the highlights of it i thought was the fact they're making these awards also to voluntary organizations now i haven't found too many of these awards occurring or similar system in the england and it'd be nice to see some of that because the voluntary sector is incredibly important in making the transition you are indeed an environmental apostle michael i try to be because it's (laughs) our future Now, earlier, Michael mentioned the London Interdisciplinary School. LIS opened for business in 2021, and we've been interested in its problem-centric curriculum ever since we met Professor Carl Gombrich, its Director of Teaching and Learning, in his previous role heading up the interdisciplinary programme at UCL that Michael also talked about. Earlier this year, we talked to LIS about one of its sustainability modules, And here is Jasper Joyce, now of Blenheim Chalcott, telling us a little more about the school. We have three main areas of delivery activity right now at LIS. We've got our flagship undergraduate programme, which is an interdisciplinary Basque Bachelor of Arts and Science programme in Problems and Methods, which launched to our founding cohort in autumn 2021. The second thing we do is that we currently deliver a range of unaccredited professional development programmes for historically both open programs for anyone on the internet to sign up to and then more recently custom programs for organizations like the nhs leadership academy uh, helping to upskill leaders and managers in the sort of interdisciplinary skills that are very present in the world of work and support with those big knotty professional challenges like how you integrate the perspectives of a wide variety of colleagues who come from different professional and intellectual backgrounds and how you bring all that data together and make sense of it and then the third thing we do is um is we're preparing to launch our first master's program and that's a a mask for masters of arts and sciences and that's got a focus on some similar themes as the undergraduate program but for a more senior audience all of our programs have a sort of 
baked in emphasis on the future of work and, and the future of economy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so all of our programs are trying to deliver knowledge, skills and attributes that will lead you to be successful in the contemporary and future work environment. And that obviously applies to the sustainability and green space. Within that, we have some specific areas of emphasis that are directly pointing towards the sustainability agenda. We bake into our curricula things around complexity, systems mm-hmm. thinking, uh, certain sort of hard, harder uh, data focused skills and exercises which we feel are particularly well suited to sustainability and I think it's also worth saying this is something that I think we're going to be doing more of in the future I mean that's a bit of speculation and a projection at this point but we remain a very young organization so there should be more to come. And finally reports you've found this week? Again it's a program of work producing a series of reports the Resolution Foundation, which is rightfully well used by most media, particularly the BBC, to advise them on changes in society and how it affects us all, are running a programme of work called the Economy 2030 Inquiry. And one of the themes of that is net zero. And they are producing excellent pieces of work um, around how the economy is changing, the skills mixes, where the growth is occurring. And again, they're using sets of data at the sector and spatial level down to local authorities and LEP level that I think anyone developing local skills improvement plans, please, please make a beeline for some of their work and possibly make a request for them to release some of the data sets that they are using and charting to inform inform their conclusions. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.